Man, I don't know about you, but my head is pounding. My head is pounding. I'm never playing the State of the Union drinking game ever again uh, because I've got a massive hangover, even though Joe Biden's speech was more sobering than a cold shower and a hot cup of coffee. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Thank you so much for joining me. I am at my home studio today. I'm at Catriot Outpost uh, Delta Whiskey, which is very exciting. Can't tell you exactly where it is, but just know that we will be at Catriot HQ later for the Mark K. Show. Uh, in the meantime, I wanted to get the podcast out, wanted to make sure that you guys knew what was up. The State of the Union last night, holy schmoly, it was one of the weirdest, most bizarre, and most underwhelming speeches ever. Um, thank God the Republicans were there. Otherwise, it would have been so boring. Thank God the Republicans were out there bellowing out their um, disgust at Joe Biden's at Joe Biden's uh, lies and his his mistruths and his exaggerations and his flat out falsehoods um, that he was spewing as if they were as if they were, you know, gospel. Anyway, we're going to have more on that whole thing coming up here in just a minute. Plus, Sarah Huckabee's response. I took notes, by the way. Just so you know, I took notes. I sat right here and we did a live stream, which was fantastic. If anybody, if you guys caught the live stream, you know how great it was. But I took notes on my Joe Biden top secret document notepads. And I have to tell you, they work great. Not only do they look great, not only are they fun, but they are so useful. I took pages and pages, copious notes um, on these notepads. And you can, if you haven't yet gotten your notepads, we, uh, so many people, they were watching me last night. They're like, what are you writing on Mark K? And I said, oh, I'm writing on my Joe Biden top secret document notepad, a notepad that makes it look like it was taken from the top secret documents found in Joe Biden's garage. In fact, if you look at it, it says president Biden's garage, Wilmington, Delaware, there's an ice cream stain because anything Joe Biden touches has an ice cream stain on it. And these documents are no different. So grab yourself a six pack or a, or a three pack, as many as you want. We got a lot of, we have the baller pack, which is what we call our, our six pack. And we had so many people during the state of the union, pick up these baller packs. It's really easy to do. Go to topsecretnotepad.com, topsecretnotepad.com. Or if you're watching on social media, TikTok, wherever, just hit the link in bio and it'll take you right there. And we will send these, uh, we will send these right out. All right. So state of the union address. <laughs> I'll tell you what. First, all right. First off, I think Kevin McCarthy said, Something weird. I have to go pull this, but I think he said got stank on her. I don't know what he was trying to say, but all I heard was got stank on her. And then I knew it was going to be a rollicking affair. Also, as uh, everybody was walking in, a couple of weird things that happened before the actual speech began. Number one, Jill Biden walked in, the first lady of the United States. She was wearing her grimace dress. She looked like it was like this bright purple grimace dress. If she was, it, it, she had like, I mean, and she looked fine. She looked nice. But it, if, uh, if grimace were doing like a drag show, I imagine that's kind of what he would look like. And she wandered in and she walked right up to Doug Emhoff. Now, a lot of people don't know who Doug Emhoff is, and that's because nobody really cares. Doug Emhoff is the very first second gentleman in United States history, meaning because we have the first female vice president in Kamala Harris and because uh, Kamala Harris is married to a guy, he's not the second lady like Joe Biden. He's the he's the second gentleman. So he's the first second gentleman we have. And you'll see this online today. People freak it out because when the first lady and the second gentleman got together, you know, they didn't just like kiss on the cheek or kiss on the hand. They went full lip lock. And it was a really bizarre, you know, when I imagine when you're the, when your husband is the president and your wife is the vice president, you probably spend a lot of time with the other person. Like I imagine Jill Biden and Doug Emhoff find themselves together at dinners all the time or find themselves sitting next to, to each other at places like the State of the Union address. So yes, I imagine they're close, 
But man, they looked like they were they were looked like they were super close. They look like they're spending a lot of time together. Uh, if you get my meaning anyway. So then Joe Biden comes out and he wanders down the aisle and people are clapping and shaking his hands and, you know, wanting to like get his attention, yada, yada, yada. He goes up and he gives the speech to Kevin McCarthy and he gives a speech to Kamala Harris. And I'd like to point out because I watched Kevin McCarthy very closely. This was Kevin McCarthy's very first speech as Speaker of the House. Um, he sat behind the president. He didn't really scowl. He didn't laugh. He didn't really roll his eyes. He looked a little you know, he looked a couple times like he was nodding off, but then, I mean, so did, I mean, we all did. You can't really blame him. You can't really blame a guy for that. Uh, but not one time. And I watched very carefully. I was like, okay, because I know that in the past, this has happened. Not one time during the entire speech, did Kevin McCarthy take his copy of the speech and rip it to shreds? Not one time. And I watched and I'll go back. I may have missed it. Maybe I missed, maybe they cut away. Maybe they cut away to like the crowd or to Marjorie Taylor green yelling liar. Who knows? But uh, but I, I'll go back and watch it again. But I'm pretty sure that the copy of the speech that was given to Kevin McCarthy went unripped up, which is a new thing for um, for the Speaker of the House. So I don't know. I don't know if he forgot. Maybe he may. You know, it was his first time. Maybe he was like, oh, crap, I forgot. Nancy Pelosi, I was supposed to at the end of this thing, take the speech and just rip it up and and, you know, and then and then slam it down on the table like a, uh, like an angry toddler. And uh, so hopefully, I mean, the good news is that, I mean, the bad news is there's another one. <laughs> the bad news is there's another one of these speeches coming next year. The good news is, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy can correct his mistake and next year he can, he can tear up the speech. Um, so that was that, but anyway, so Joe Biden gets into it. Look, a lot of it, I don't want to go through it in peace, but we're going to go through it all in the, in the show today at noon. Uh, but I'll just give you some of the lowlights. The lowlights were Joe Biden lied about a lot of stuff. He highlighted things that he thought people cared about, and he totally ignored things that people really do care about. Uh, he lied about things that were just not true. Like, for example, his his aggression toward China. That was one of the that was one of the that was one of the funny. Like I said, I have tons of clips, and I don't want to I don't want to pepper you down with them here today. But there was a there was a moment when Joe Biden said. Uh, we have shown that we will be aggressive with China. We've shown our dominance over China. We've shown that when when China threatens our uh, when China threatens our sovereignty, we will act just like we did last week. And I don't know if he was trying to talk tough, but if you're if if the idea that you're sending a message to Xi Jinping, hey, if you threaten our sovereignty, we will act just like we did last week. Well, just last week we didn't do it. We didn't act at all. We just sat there and we said, oh, look, there's China in the sky and they're threatening our sovereignty. That's cool. We'll just watch it for four days. There's China. They're spying on us blatantly, not even secretively, not even miles up into the stratosphere. They're just spying on us right there in plain sight. I mean, all you needed was a cell phone camera to get a, ca a picture of this balloon. In fact, that's how we found out about it in the first place. Some guy in Montana, it could have been a girl, I don't know, uh, looked up and said, what is that? Took a picture, put it on in the social media. All of a sudden, the next thing you know, the White House has to answer for the Chinese spy balloon flying over our missile silos. And Joe Biden saying, if they threaten our sovereignty like they did uh, last week, we will act like we did last week. That's great news for China. Basically, Joe Biden told them, hey, if you do this again, we're not going to do anything again. And uh, I don't know. So it was a weird message. Then he started yelling and screaming about Xi Jinping. He started yelling and screaming. No one has replaced Xi Jinping. Nobody. And I'm still trying to decipher what he means by that. So I'll, we'll get to that 
We'll get to that a little later on. Um, he lied about the economy. He spent a lot of time smashing, uh, like railing, just railing against billionaires and corporations and uh, corporate taxes, telling lies again about how corporations don't pay federal income tax, telling lies about how these individuals don't pay their fair share. Uh, he started talking about how uh, these, uh, it was weird. It was so weird to me because in one breath, Joe Biden went on a tirade against, um, against non-competes and right to work states. And then he started bolstering unions. And I'm going to be honest with you, unions are much more oppressive than any right to work states or laws um, for non-compete agreements and, and that kind of thing, uh, which was kind of weird. Uh, Joe Biden also talked a little bit about the economy, actually he talked a lot about the economy and uh, touted all these jobs he brought back, which was not true because the jobs disappeared when he shut down the country. You know, that that's the other big thing that Joe Biden can. And I want this is important because this is something that Joe Biden will continue to talk about. The, the Democrats will continue to talk about this. They will say to you, COVID killed jobs. COVID killed our economy because of COVID jobs dried up. Your paycheck dried up. That's not true. That is a bold faced lie. COVID did not shut down the economy. COVID did not destroy jobs. It was the government lockdowns. It was the mandates. It was the stay at home orders. That's what killed the economy. That's what killed the jobs. It was Joe Biden making everybody stay home longer than necessary, wear masks, uh, not go to school. He talked about education. COVID kept our kids from getting that, that edge. We, want, we need that educational edge. We need our kids to excel in school. And COVID threatened that. COVID didn't. You didn't let the kids go to school. You shut down the schools. You made them learn on Zoom calls. That's what happened. That, that was the problem. COVID had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was the, um, it was the overbearing, uh, you know, it was the overbearing, overreaching, tyrannical acts of the government that was power hungry um, that destroyed all of that stuff. Anyway, now he's all excited because he's like, well, the jobs are coming back. Well, duh, because people are back at work. Uh, don't please don't take any credit for it. He talked about inflation and he said inflation. I forget who it was. He said inflation is coming down. Not down as fast as we want, but it's coming down. Food inflation's coming down. Inflation's coming down in this, that, and the other. Well, when you talk about inflation, you can't, you can't praise yourself or pat yourself on the back for inflation coming down when you're the one that jacked it up. And I, and I was watching afterward. I think it was, it may have been Fox News. It may have been, I think it was on Shannon Bream's show. Somebody said, uh, somebody said, hey, you know what? If you, oh, it was Matt Gates. pardon me. It was Matt Gates in response to Joe Biden. He said, if you're claiming that you're bringing down inflation after jacking up inflation, that's like an arsonist wanting praise for putting out the fire he started. That's like if you set your home on fire and then you grab an extinguisher and say, hey, look what I did. I put out my own fire. Um, you know, it's not really something you can praise yourself for. Plus, inflation is way higher than it ever was during Donald Trump. Then he got into the debt ceiling fight. And this is where things started to get raucous. Let me take a sip of my coffee. This is where it's starting to get raucous. The debt ceiling fight is something that, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not a state of the union issue, uh, but he wanted to make it a state of the union issue. Joe Biden was trying to, trying to take the debt ceiling fight to the people, and he was trying to explain it thusly. The debt ceiling has always just been raised arbitrarily, so we should continue that policy of just arbitrarily raising the debt ceiling. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to people that have to pay off the debt created by the arbitrary raising of the debt ceiling. And Republicans, fiscally conservative Republicans in Congress are like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not just going to raise the debt ceiling so you can keep spending unless we come up with a plan to curb spending. 
And Joe Biden is now using one of his favorite terms, which is Republicans are holding the economy hostage. It's the same thing the Republicans used against themselves when the 20, you know, when the 20 Republicans were like, we're not voting for this McCarthy guy. Forget it. It's not happening. He's a swamp thing. He's a swamp creature. You guys got to give us somebody better. And everyone declared these Republicans are holding the country hostage. They're holding the speakership hostage. Yeah, I really think we need to retire the whole holding it hostage, um, uh, holding it hostage, uh, you know, verbiage, because I think it's just I think it's overplayed. Um, But anyway, he said that the Republicans are holding the economy hostage until they get what they want. Well, what they want is you to not spend any more money. They want you to make sure that your your spending is under control and they want you to cut these ridiculous programs uh, because, again, you have, no, you have no sense of responsibility when it comes to tax dollars uh, and, you know, where they should go and what the American people really need as opposed to what the American people really want and, more importantly, what you as a, as a uh, Democrat operative want so that you can appease your, your donors and whatnot. So then we got it. So then we got into that. And uh, and as soon as he brought up the debt ceiling, he he talked about Medicare and Social Security. This is a boogeyman line that the Democrats have been using forever. This is the there is a monster under your bed and the Republicans put it there. And if you turn off the lights, it will eat you alive. This is a lie. It's a falsehood. This is something that is not going to happen. The Republicans are not trying to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. There's no plan or law in the books that's going to get rid of Social Security or Medicare. They may want to privatize it. You know, private sector uh, in uh, private sector investing far um, outweighs or far outperforms the public sector investing. And there's a lot of, you know, Byron Donalds from right here in Florida will tell you all about that. He was a stock trader. He knows that if you put um, as Social Security and, and Medicare, if you put these uh, you know, retirement programs in the hands of private investors, they can outpace the market. They can get more of a return than the government ever could hope to, uh, but they're not going to get rid of it altogether. That's just a lie. That's the boogeyman line that the Democrats use whenever there's, whenever there's an election that they feel like, well, they're not doing well with. So Joe Biden pulls it out there, and wouldn't you know it? Because we have patriots now, because we have combative conservatives, because we have outspoken, courageous conservatives who are conscientious, uh, they didn't they didn't just sit there and take it. They didn't just sit there and listen to Joe Biden's lies. They called him out on it. They started to boo. They started to hiss. They started and Marjorie Taylor Greene even yelled out, you're a liar, which a lot of people say is a break in decorum. A lot of people say that's just rude and disrespectful to the office. By the way, would you like to know who started the whole yelling out in Congress? You want to know who started it all? It was the Democrats. It was the, the State of the Union during Donald Trump. There is now I know it, and I know people are going to say, no, no, no. It was Samuel Alito. Samuel Alito said that's not true when Barack Obama was speaking. That's not true either. He didn't say that's not true. He mouthed it. He went. And some camera caught it and, uh, and they picked it up. And they put it everywhere. But the first outburst during a state of the union by the opposing party was the Democrats booing Donald Trump, loudly booing Donald Trump when he was talking about anchor babies and chain migration. It was uh, it was a state of the union just a few years back when he started. And so so this is now just escalating. You go out there, you say something the other side doesn't like and they're going to boo you. You go out there, you say something the other side doesn't like and they're not going to let you do it. They're going to they're going to retaliate verbally and immediately. And it happened again later on. Joe Biden brought out. This poor guy named Doug, not Deng- Doug Emhoff, who was sucking face with Jill Biden. Totally different Doug. Guy Doug he had a beard. He was very sad looking. He was a dad. And his daughter died of a fentanyl overdose. 
And I'm never, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of these political props. Uh, all the presidents do it. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't think, I mean, okay, it's different. There's two kinds of political props. There's the positive, I want to pat you on the back kind of political prop. And then there's the whole, this is a horrible problem and these people are victims and everybody look at them and stare at them and feel their pain kind of political props. And I think that's bad. I think that's selfish. And I don't think that, I think that, I don't know if we should outlaw it or whatever. I mean, I'm not about the presidents can do whatever they want with their state of the union. But for example, if you have uh, you know, if you have like a, a war hero or something, if you have somebody who they, they, he did bring in one guy who, who wrestled the gun away from the attacker in, um, in uh, San Francisco. Remember the guy went into the ballroom and started killing people. And then the guy they caught on video, he wrestled the gun away from his, the old dude, the 73 year old dude who went on a shooting spree. And that was a great story until Joe Biden used it to lie about assault weapons, which this wasn't, it was a nine millimeter Mac 10 pistol. It wasn't an assault weapon at all. Um, so it, it kind of was kind of blew the moment. But again, if you want to praise somebody who saved lives, I'm all about that. If you want to praise somebody who started a business and created jobs, I'm all about that. If you want to say, look at this person, they're lit, they're, they're proof that the American dream works. Let's applaud them. That's fantastic. But if you want to bring in a guy whose daughter died from a fentanyl overdose and you want us to all look at this guy and his sadness and you want to use it as a political prop to, to uh, push a an agenda that you're basically ignoring yourself. Uh, it's not only, I think it's a little pathetic. I think it's really sad. I don't think it should happen. Um, and especially when you're talking about fentanyl, because the reason we have such a fentanyl problem in this country is because of Joe Biden's open border policy. And this was the second time during the speech where it got really raucous, where the Republicans spoke out in anger. Joe Biden brings this dad in, poor guy, lost his daughter, fentanyl's horrible, killed her, and he said, 70,000 Americans die from fentanyl every year. We got to get it under control or something. And all of a sudden, I mean, I can't imagine. I was angry myself. I was like, the reason we have fentanyl is because we have no border. Illegals are coming over the border. They're bringing their guns and gangs. They're bringing terrorism and they're bringing fentanyl. I mean, by the boatload, this is a big problem. We all know where it's coming from. We all know why it's coming here. And we all know what it does when it gets here. It kills Americans, mostly young Americans like Doug's daughter. And Joe Biden has the audacity and it was audacious. It was audacious to bring this guy here and say, we need to get fentanyl under control when you're, when you're letting people just cross into this country illegally. It was insulting, really. And if I were Doug, I would have yelled up. I would have jumped up and started yelling something, too. Um, well, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have gone in the first place. but. Uh, so then that's when I think it was Matt Gates. I know some Republican yelled out, it's your fault. Uh, and, and Joe Biden basically lost control, lost control of this whole state of the union. After that, you know, he was running out of time. So he just jumped around everywhere. He went to like school bullying. He went to big tech. He talked about the military. He just jumped around at the end of the speech. And then he tried to say, uh, he tried to say that America and the state of the union was strong and I will give it to him. He didn't say I'm strong. He didn't say it's because of our leadership. It's strong. He said it's because of Americans. And that's true. Americans are the reason the state of the union is still strong, but not Joe Biden. Americans, not the woke mob that tells Joe Biden what to do. Not the people that can't figure out what gender they are from day to day. Not the people who, uh, you know, spend their time gluing their hands to the sidewalks. Not the people who, who um, just take off work so they can go stand in front of a Supreme Court justice's house yelling and screaming about how they want the right to kill their unborn child. Not those people. The strength of America is 
uh, you know, conservative movement, the strength of the, um, the, the, the Christian movement here in the United States of America, the strength of moral people, anybody who believes that life is the most important thing, liberty is the most important thing, freedom is the most important thing. Anyone who's willing to not only say they believe in life, liberty, freedom, the pursuit of happiness, not anyone who's just willing to fly the flag and say, America, but people who are getting up every single day and calling it out when they don't see it and going to school board meetings and saying, you guys are racist, sexist liars. And the reason that our educational system is falling behind isn't because teachers are underpaid, it isn't because, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, parental involvement. It's because you're dragging these groomers into the classroom to push things that aren't going to help our kids succeed. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, you're, you're uh, spending all this money on the wrong things. Again, privatized education, you're not going to have a problem. But there are people out there who are fighting every single day. They're fighting in the court system. They're fighting on TV. They're fighting in the streets. They're yelling at school board meetings. They're making their cases known. Even the Twitter trolls. There's a lot of people on the, the on social media who are making some really good points and they're spreading conservatism. And that's what we do here. That's why we, that's why I do the podcast. That's why we do the radio show. And that's why we always ask you to share uh, whatever content. If you like our content, share it because we need to make sure that we are evangelizing how bad uh, Joe Biden and his woke movement of lunatic leftists are for not only our country, but the entire world. What Joe Biden, the damage Joe Biden has inflicted, not just here in the United States of America, but everywhere is disheartening and it's troubling and it's destructive. And if you love America, if you love freedom, if you love democracy, if you love our Republic, you got to help spread it. Um, also, another great way to do that is to go to topsecretnotepad.com and grab your top secret notepads. Cause again, not only do you get a great novelty item that pokes fun at the worst president ever, um, but you also help support this show and this program and all of our social media and our podcasts and everything else. Uh, so it's like a win-win. It's like a win-win. You're saving the country while also getting a handy-dandy notepad. Again, that I use myself. Look, here are my notes again from the State of the Union. Topsecretnotepad.com. Or if you're watching on TikTok or Instagram or wherever else, there's a link in the bio. You can just tap that link. You can go and you can purchase as many as you want. We have a three pack, the baller pack of six single pads, <clears throat> whatever you want and go get yours. Let me take a sip of my uh, coffee here. Mm. And, um, and then of course, please, if you can join us live streaming or on the radio for the Mark K show today at noon Eastern, 11 central, we'll delve into this whole state of the union a lot more. We're going to be chatting with Sean Spicer today too. He's the, uh, he's from Newsmax TV, a good friend of mine. And he's also former press secretary of the United States of America. So we'll chat with him about Sarah Huckabee's response. And of course his response to the state of the union, what he thought of it. So much great stuff coming up. Thank you again for watching. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. And don't forget, it's a never-ending journey, folks. Every single day, we got to wake up and we got to get our armor on and we got to put a smile on our faces and go out there and do whatever we can to save the republic.